not too long ago, Big Boy opens the door and he goes, look who I found. And AJ from Backstreet Boys walks into the room. And I'm like, hey. And then right behind them is Lance Bass. And I went, oh my. (laughs) And then I was like. It was AJ like, hey, where was that for me? Yes, exactly. And I couldn't say like, sorry, I was an insane girl. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of The Greatest Stories Never Told. My name is Danny Jordan, and I'm so excited for this episode today. Am I ever not excited? I don't really know. I feel like that's just how we have to be these days, right? You have to be excited or you have to be super excited. So, you know what? Let's upgrade my excitement right now. I am super excited for this episode today. If you are new to The Greatest Stories Never Told, maybe you're here because of the guest that is joining us on this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button. And if you are loving what you're hearing, make sure to rate and review. You'd be surprised. Those ratings, those reviews go a long way in ensuring that more people discover not just what we're doing with this podcast, but any podcast. So if you love a podcast you're listening to, I implore you, rate them, review them. It means the world to us podcasters. I digress. Grateful to have you here. If you want connect with us further you can do so on social media we are at never told pod on all the platforms and you can connect with me on instagram at danny jordan anyway let's talk about this guest who is here today i have a smile on my face right now i don't know if you can hear my smile right now maybe you can feel my smile i don't know if that's a thing but i'm gonna manifest that right now i'm putting it out into your ears into your car wherever you're at in the world that you are hearing my smile because this person natalia perez we go so far back We came up together in the entertainment industry back in the early to mid 2000s. We both worked on the promotions team at a radio station called KISS FM, 102.7 KISS FM, LA's number one hit music station. I always dreamed of saying that on the air, but now I'm saying it on my podcast, which is which is cool. I think it's coming full circle. But yes, Natalia and I met years, years ago. And honestly, I, I can't remember the last time we saw each other in person before this conversation. So it was so great to be back in the same space with her. It's been so fun to watch her journey, to watch her star continue to rise as she has become one of the co-hosts of one of the biggest morning radio shows in the world, Big Boy in the Morning here in Los Angeles. Natalia also does a lot of work with the Los Angeles Dodgers as an in-game host. It's been so cool being at the Dodger game and watching her face, her bright light pop up there on the Jumbotron, on Diamond Vision. has just been such a joy for me. And the fact that she took the time to come hang out here in studio and have a conversation with me means the world. We're going to talk a lot about her journey to how she got to where she's at when she first knew she wanted to be in entertainment. And she's going to share some great insights with you all as to how to make your dreams become a reality. So without any further ado, let's get to my conversation with the light that is Natalia Perez. I'm so excited for this. I'm so excited to see you. I know. I can't believe. (laughs) I think, when was the last time we saw each other? Maybe like a kiss reunion sort of thing? I feel like I missed the one. There was a kiss reunion one time and I had to miss it because I I think it was like late. I don't know. There was a reason why I couldn't go. Okay. And I'm like missed out. And I was like, oh. It's wild. Like I think about this a lot with like our generation of people who came up Mm -hmm. at kiss like on the promotions team, when you think about who was there in that pocket of time that we were there and what all these people have gone on to do. Oh my gosh. It's wild. Yeah. Right. It's really amazing. Yeah. Like Sadeo, you know, is like production world guy. He works with Will Smith. Works with, I think he's like 
VP of creative of Westbrook Productions. Yeah. Like he's so, so talented. And Patty is obviously crushing it, you know, being on Ryan's show for all these mm -hmm. years now, but also with Lil Libros. Yes. Oh my God. That little, like she told me, I realized that someone had rejected her on that idea first really? and then she put it like in an envelope she put it away and didn't revisit it for like another year or so and then she was like let's just do it ourselves like we don't need this big company blah 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 and now then you have you know barnes and noble and so and so being like we want to carry your brook it's been so fun to watch your star rise oh. You know, to think of for people who are listening, you know, we're talking about Kiss FM and all these things is that, you know, Natalia and I met uh, on the promotions team, mm -hmm. which is basically like entry level yeah. work at a radio station. Mm -hmm. When you go to an event and you see like banners hung up and somebody playing music and throwing out like T-shirts and stickers, that was us. <laughs> And honestly, like for being like early 20s, late teens to do what we were doing, mm -hmm. honestly, one of the coolest it's really cool. Sort of gigs, right? Yeah. It was because, yeah, you, yeah, there might be a random Saturday where you're like, yeah, I'm posted up at this 7 Eleven in like, you know, Whittier, which <laughs> right. is fine. But then it's like, oh, by, by the way, next weekend's Wango Tango. You're yes. going to work all weekend. You're like, cool. And you never knew when like, a, a jock, you know, an on-air personality wasn't going to be able to do a gig or like the client couldn't afford for like Ryan or JoJo yeah. or Valentine or whoever to show up. So it'd be like, hey, street team person, mm -hmm. you're now going to be that person. I can't remember. There was an event I did down at the Grove in Orange County for Degrassi. Oh, cool. Were you at that event? No. I can't remember. It, so they had like multiple cast members from Degrassi. Oh, my god! Were there. And it was like thousands of people oh, I bet. inside this venue and they're like okay so we don't have an on-air personality so like danny we're gonna put you in a, in a degrassi hoodie and you're just gonna like host this thing that's cool and you know like some people who are on promotions have no aspirations of like making it on air yeah. but for some people at least this is the way i saw it, and i'd be curious to get your take on it is like anytime we were doing a hit like whether it was at a 7-eleven mm -hmm. in a random town yeah. in southern california or in front of thousands of people i always thought well, this is my opportunity to practice. Yes. And like, you know, because we they would give us like those mix CDs that mm -hmm. we would play like in our huge towers. Yeah. I'm sure it's so different now. They probably just go out with iPhones and like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. it. <laughs> but like, there was like these mixes and I'd, I started to like learn how many seconds I had to talk oh. before the music would come in. I didn't even never think of that. So when good. we were doing hits, I'd be like, what's up everybody? Danny Jordan here from Kiss FM. Yeah. And I was like, this is just my time to to yeah, yeah, did you ever see that as like a training ground for where you I are did now? because a little bit. I was I'm painfully shy. At least to me, I think I'm very very shy. I don't like to be in front of a lot of people and one of the reasons I loved the idea of radio was I could connect with people but no one had to look at me. That's it, a point. Yeah. <laughs> it was like you're in a room by yourself and you're fine and I was completely content and very happy with that. Yeah. So when it was like I for probably the first 6 months I never jumped on a mic. I would I was always like, no, 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 it's fine. I don't need to. I'm just like, I'll sit over here. And I think one time some, I was like, I don't know what to say. What is? What do I say? And they say, say your name, say the station, say where you're at, and then just go from there. And I was like, okay. And then after I kind of got that rhythm, yeah. then I started to practice a little bit more and get used to that sort of thing. Right. Well, let's, let's go back a little bit. I know we're sort of like jumping right into the conversation here, <laughs> but this is thrilling to be sitting here. It's so funny. I love it. <laughs> 
but then so I just like fun. jumped you're, into you're so like kind. no just, like oh, I, I love I, the excitement it's so nice it just, oh. it just feels really good I was like so excited to come here oh my gosh I'm excited to have you here um so for our listeners Natalia and I have known each other for many many years but we haven't seen each other in a long long time so this is sort of like a reunion special here today yeah and before we get into the conversation I can't wait for people to hear your story of how you got into radio and all the stuff you're doing with with the Dodgers you're just like you're a superstar and I'm just so like every time I go to Dodger Stadium and see your face up on the Jumbotron like on the Diamond Vision it's the coolest thing I always tell anyone that I'm there with I go I worked with her we we came up together like in promotions Um, but I'm so excited for people to get to know you better and hopefully share some stories that you know maybe you've never been able to share before which I'm really stoked about here today but before we get into that I like to start with a little bit of an icebreaker just sort of loosen up the mood and today we're going to do a little this or that. Okay. Okay. There's some controversial things in here. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay. excited to hear where you sit. Let's go. With this whole thing. Where's First, the tea? Harry Potter or Star Wars? Harry Potter. Okay. Good yeah. Well, like as much as I, I like a lot of sci-fi and fantasy, I love Lord of the Rings and all the show. I will watch all of it. But Harry Potter for me had a very, um, I saw it with my dad. He was like, I'm going to go see this movie. Like, I didn't read the books. He was like, I'm going to go see this movie. Um, Do you want to go with me? And I was like, what are you going to go see? I'm going to go see a Harry Potter movie. And I said, will you buy me nachos? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, okay. And I thought it was really sweet and cute. And then when the second one came out, I was like, I'll totally go see it. And then after the second one came out, I said, I'm going to go read those books. Mm. And then read all the books and then loved it. And just Harry Potter became like a really big thing that I loved. I really love Harry Potter. Now, if you could only read the books or watch the movies, which would you choose? I think if asking that question now, I'll say read the books, oh, even though I do love the movies, um, only because like every time I would come out of the movie, I'd be like, look, that was really great. But oh, gosh, they, they missed this. They, they missed miss that. Yes. They missed. So the books are just so much so rich. And I feel yeah, like and I haven't reread them in a long time. So I think that'd be good now. Right? You know, I just reread them recently. Yeah. I mean, geek alert, like 40 year old dude, like going back. But sometimes, you know, life is heavy. It is. And it's nice. Like, I love reading John Grisham books. You mm-hmm. know, it's like all these like lawyer type books but sometimes like it piques my anxiety i'm like i just need to read something that's like yeah. super easy and doesn't feel threatening to yeah. my life like whatsoever yeah. the escape. And, and the harry potter books do that 100 mm-hmm. percent. so i'm with you i'm books all the way and i would choose harry potter over star wars every single day all right next one starbucks or coffee bean starbucks wow that was quick i worked at starbucks for five years did you really yeah i was so when um when I before I got into radio, I worked at the Starbucks around the corner, and that's how I met someone who worked what? at the radio station and figured out how to bring in my resume. So, like, it was it was almost it was I think is it Kismic? Is that the right Kismet phrase? Or or it was fate. Yeah, it was fate that because yeah. I had no idea that that Starbucks existed. I went to a job fair and they placed me at that Starbucks. Whoa. So it was just like I was. I feel like I was meant to be at that Starbucks yes. to connect, but. I also got crazy addicted and need coffee every day. <laughs> and I love Starbucks. I do like Starbucks more than coffee bean. I, I'm right there with you. I think of coffee beans more like a dessert. Yeah. And Starbucks just feels a little bit more legit. Yes. In terms of, of the coffee. That's so wild. Who was the, was it someone who was on the street team or who was it? Do you remember from the station? I know his face. And right now his name is escaping me because he always, he, I know that he had already been there for a year or two. He, I think he went on to work at Star at one point. Okay. Um, 
but he was just a really nice guy and he had like a legit kiss fm t-shirt it wasn't like a oh i got this like thrown at me it was right. like the logo was sewn in and stuff okay. and so i was like uh, as i was making this drink i was like i'm gonna talk to this guy okay what do i say okay and then you know i sparked up a conversation but how cool that you sat there in that moment and you could have just as easily not said anything yeah. or asked a question and to think about and we'll get more into this as we get to the interview is that had you not like stepped out in that way yeah would would we even be sitting here i don't right know right now yeah. you know like would you be so. on a, big boys morning show like that's just i don't know I it's know. wild but it's yeah. almost like the universe was talking to you yeah and, it, I, that's a meme pulling that move is something I rarely do. Mm. And it, I feel like maybe it was like a, someone inside was like, go talk to him, say something. Cause I don't do that. I'm very shy. Like I said, I'm re actually very shy. I'm so glad <laughs> as you laugh and you know, morning show hosts in Dodger Stadium. But no, I, I feel you. I consider myself to be a pretty shy person yeah. by nature mm -hmm. as well. Like if you met me when I was like an early teenager, I was in the back, like didn't want to be spotlight. And then I went on a missions trip uh, to, to inner city LA mm -hmm. when I was 14 years old. And the first night we went to like an El Salvadorian restaurant mm -hmm. and there was some guy playing Elvis songs up in the front. And for some reason I thought go stand up and sing these Elvis songs with this guy. Uh -huh. And I did in front of a restaurant of people I didn't know. Oh my and God. I'm just like singing Heartbreak Hotel or whatever. And it was like all of a sudden this like door unlocked yeah. inside of me of like, I think I'm still shy to a certain mm -hmm. extent, but I realized that that was also part of my personality. And I feel like you're always sort of like riding that right. roller coaster of like, this is when I show up and I love this feeling so I can be this person here. But in other situations, yeah, I also know to pull back, yes. you know, or when I need to recharge my recharge bad. that's yeah. what it is it's it can be really draining sometimes like you're 100%. like you're like wait why do i feel so drained and then you realize you're like oh it's because it it takes a little bit i have to push myself to get to that level yes and it's the focus mm -hmm. i i think you know and i'm guilty of this is that i think we look at like celebrities or orion seacrest or whoever it is and you're like oh what a great job you just sit there you're on camera you get to talk to all these people mm -hmm. and meet all these celebrities but like you're saying like at the end of a show, I'd imagine for you, you guys have a long morning show, you know, yeah. to be like that focused for that long. Or if you're at Dodger Stadium and you're having to like expel that amount of mm -hmm. energy to keep 50,000 people entertained. Yeah. That's exhausting. It can be. Yeah. And but it's great too. At the same it, time. it is like, but do you ever find like when you go home, like after you rap or whatever, that you just need like some time Quiet. to- Quiet. I like yes. the, I like the, sometimes I'll drive and I'll realize I'm like, oh, the radio's not on or I'm not listening to something and be like, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm just going to sit. The first yeah. week after I was on Big Boy's Neighborhood, I went home and it was like 3 p.m. and I knocked out because really? that first week was so intense. Right. And I was just exhausted. And I like my roommate came and found me on the couch and I was just like passed out <laughs> for hours. <laughs> but living the dream. Yeah. All right. So we've made it through two. Number three, I always like this one. Mountains or beach mountains really yeah okay so i grew up um going to summer camp every year uh like as a kid i was a camper went through the like counselor and training program really? became a counselor then became a director and so i did that for i think i went straight probably like 20 years maybe because really? i started when i was like eight years old okay and so like being in the mountains is just a very like the way the same way someone's like oh no i'm totally beach hearing the waves is the way that i feel when i hear the wind and smell like pine trees mm. oh it's just so 
relaxing. Do you ever go up to like Lake Arrowhead or Big Bear? Yeah, I try to as much. I mean, like as much as like a little forward. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think the last time I went was I went last summer. I went last summer for um, actually the summer camp finally was able to get back going. Yeah, it was only a high school camp because of COVID. But um, I went up and I visited and brought my son with me. And it was so wild because the last time I had gone, I was pregnant with him. And so then it was like two years later and I was like, I was pregnant with you and now you're here with me. (laughs) And I came up as a kid here and this is so wild that you're like in the same spot, like looking at things that I grew up around. Yeah. What, uh, what was, who was the camp through? So it was YMCA. So um, I grew up in North Hollywood um, in California and, or Los Angeles. And, there's just like a local Y, like East, it's called East Valley YMCA. Yep. And so just went there as a kid after school programs and just did the summer camp. Um, and so they take up, there's a location up in Big Bear. It's called Camp Whittle. And so what they do is they have people who run the camp and right. then different YMCAs go and take a week. So it'll be like Westchester will go for a week and Pasadena YMCA for a right. week. And then, so yeah. Did you know that I was a YMCA person too? <gasps> I started no. as a camp counselor right after I graduated high school. And then I became a senior counselor, camp director, and then did I became- Did you do the sleepaway or um, did you do day, like, uh, day camp? Day camps, yeah. And then I became a program director That's at so- the Conejo Valley YMCA. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so I was overseeing, once I became a program director, yeah. I was doing Y Indian guides and you know youth sports, family programs, and I oversaw all the camps. So I took actually a group out to Catalina Island for That's, travel camp. I've never been to that camp. I hear, I've heard about it before, yeah. It's stunning. Are you a ragger? Yeah. Oh my gosh, Danny, how did I never know you were raggers? That's why we were so connected and we just never knew that we were Uh, raggers. My tattoo on my side says live, laugh, lift. Yeah. I love and then the I have stars on my feet and one for each rag that I have. Oh my gosh. For all the colors. That's incredible. Okay, yeah. I need to get back into it. Like it's been because I became a ragger, I think it was my last year at the Mm -hmm. Y because we had like um what are they raggers point we yeah. had one at the y that i worked at because it was huge it was like oh, a wow. 40 acre plot of land yeah. on a mountain in thousand oaks here in southern california and and the raggers point hadn't been like maintained yeah and so the summer that i was program director i said we got to bring this program back like kids are asking about it yeah. all these kids who go to you know sleepaway camp they brag about it mm-hmm. and all these other kids don't get the experience and i said let's do it but let's do it with our counselors first yeah and so the existing raggers who were on staff like went and like cleaned up the whole area and oh. set it up properly and we did the whole raggers ceremony with like being blindfolded yeah. and walked out whenever you talk about being a ragger and for others who don't know about a ragger they're like oh you're in a cult that's sort of what it sounds <laughs> like it does, it does, if you watched <laughs> if you watched the ceremony yeah. you'd think it was a cult yeah. as well because like all these people are blindfolded and and there's like a script that people are reading mm-hmm. as you're walking out to raggers point and then you get there and there's like all these rocks mm-hmm. that like make it the shape of yep. like the logo and then there's like candles and all this yeah. sort of stuff. it feels a little cultish. We always but. joke. We're like, okay, ready for the goat's blood? Like, yeah. That's, it's sort of, but then you get there and it's like all about affirmations and it's all about like lifting each other up and to have like your, um, it's not a sponsor. It's a, um, it? your, like there, it depends on like what level, yeah. Like what level, not level, that sounds culty too, but like where you're at in it, you can have someone who, um, just like guides you, I guess, and mentors you in a yeah. way who can like speak with like, and what's great is the Ragger program is, the Ragger program as its core, but every YMCA has their like different things. So like yes. our Ragger program actually has a handshake. Do you guys have a handshake? Oh gosh, I think there was one, but 
honestly, that was that was probably almost twenty years ago. Yeah. And so I don't know if I would. Remember. Well, you're a record, so you can know our hand. So okay. Just, what, so all it is is you just. Oh yes. That's it. I I do yeah. remember this. It's yeah. like I'm. It's flashing back yeah. now. There's another why someone told me that they um. Not only do they do the pinky, but they do the middle finger to touch the pulse because that's the pulse of like the pulse of life. And you're like something like that. I thought, yeah. Little did I know that when I asked you mountains or beaches that we were going to realize that we were both baggers. Because that never happens. I've got to do it. It's tied to a backpack somewhere that's like, oh, my gosh, that's great. And I know that I like achieved my goal. Yeah. Because that's the cool thing about like your your partner or whatever it is, is that it's usually someone who's like ahead of you mm-hmm. in the ragger program and you are, they're like the one person you confide yeah. what your goal is because each color for all the people who are wondering what the heck yeah. we're talking about <laughs> is like each color is sort of like assigned to like, like self-development exactly. essentially That's and bettering yourself yeah, and community. Yeah. And it's a way to work on like, it's so funny because now the world I feel like is all about self-improvement yes. and working on yourself. And I'm like, I've been doing this since I was like 13. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Take a look at my bandana. Yeah. Um, but I need to actually, I, I need to find a way. If that you know how I can get into another ragger ceremony, I'm ready to to move up. Oh, I'm there. Done. Yeah. Let's do it. Done. Okay. Next question. Uh, I think I know where you're going to go with this. I think if I'd asked you this 20 years ago, you would have given a different answer. Okay. Night in or night out? <sighs> night in. Yeah. <laughs> we're parents. We're yeah. parents. Let's be honest with ourselves. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, when we're on the street team, it was like, where are you going after your hit? Club it's Azul, Friday night. Yeah, for sure. You know, Club Deviate. Deviate for all sure. All the spots. It was that, great. That was a wild time. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. I mean, the fact that I think about how old we were at that time being like, I think I was 21, 22 mm-hmm. years old, and that we were like trusted to like go to these places yeah. and do our job and, you know, deliver this expensive DJ equipment <laughs> up yeah. to this club and then just like, hang out and like it was it was a wild time it was, it was a wild time but i it, i'm so grateful for it Me you too. know i loved one thing i loved so much about early days at the station and i'm sure you're still having this ex- experience is that you never knew who you were going to run into mm-hmm. in the hallways yeah like there because it you know it, it was clear channel when we were working together but mm-hmm. now it's part of iheart is like there, what there's six seven stations in the cluster yeah on one floor at least, I mean, it was right now. At least, it's one, two, three, four, four on one, and then I think four on the other. So you've got like three. the AMs and the FMs. Yeah, yeah. But like, you never knew. Like, oh, is Joe Montana going to be in the building? Yeah. Is Smokey Robinson going to be in the elevator? Is Maroon Five? Like, you just never knew. Yeah. And it was always somebody new mm-hmm. all the time. And I just love that. I I told this story recently on TikTok because I just believe in calling myself out. But one of the most embarrassing moments of my life happened in that elevator at Clear Channel, now iHeart, is I got into the elevator one day and I walk in and I see this gentleman standing in the back and I know who Mm. it is. Like, I'm like, this is an icon. Okay. That's an icon standing right there. And I turn around to him and I go to shake his hand and say, it's a pleasure to meet you, Mr. Ritchie, as in Lionel Ritchie. Uh And in my head, I was like, why did you just do that? That is not who that is. (gasps) And... (laughs) The elevator door opens for the next floor, which is not my floor. And I decide I just need to get out of here because this is so embarrassing. It was Smokey Robinson. Oh. (laughs) I I will never forget the look in this. He had the smokiest eyes like I've ever seen in my life. And I'll never forget the look on his face when he was like, what? (laughs) You think I'm Lionel Richie? Another icon for sure. But like not 
It's not. He's true. telling that story to other people who ask him, like, do you ever get confused for somebody? He's like, well, this one time. Let I was telling you about yeah. this 21 year old kid who got in and called me Mr. Richie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, I just, I, yes, night uh, in, night in for sure now. Night in for sure. Night out maybe like once every couple months. Yeah, when like, the sitter's you to, available. You go to Dave and Buster's. Yeah. Like, that's my jam. All right, last one. And this one is. This one's critical. Okay. I'm very interested to see where you sit on this. And depending on your answer, we may need to end the interview. End the interview. Okay. In sync or Backstreet Boys? In sync. Thank you. Oh my Up gosh. Top. Come yes. on. You never know. Like some people who are like super BSB are. That's like, true. It's true. But I was in sync all the way. Backstreet Boys is not bad. So recently, so I've never met, I never got to meet in sync when they were like in sync, right? Right. So I've, I got to meet. JC Chazay at like a Manny party, Manny's Halloween party right. one year. Man, that's the reason I got hired at Kiss FM was Manny. Kiss Manny. Oh, yeah. I love Manny. And so I got to meet Jay and I was, and he was the first in singer that I ever, oh no, that's a lie. I got to interview Justin Timberlake on a red carpet for oh, like really? one question. It was Whoa. when he did Yogi Bear. So it was what like one question. What did you ask him? Do you remember? No, but I feel like. Will you marry me? No. <laughs> no. I definitely like it. No. I can't remember, but it was probably something very Yogi Bear connected because okay. he was playing Boo Boo. Um, I think I might have asked him, like, did you always know you could do voices okay. like that? I think that maybe that might have been question. the question. Um, then I got to meet JC, and then that's it. I never have met any of the other ones. Okay. Not too long ago, Big Boy opens the door and he goes, look who I found. And AJ from Backstreet Boys walks oh, into wow. the room. And I'm like, hey. And then right behind them is Lance Bass. And I went, oh my. <laughs> and then I was like. And was AJ like, hey, where was that for me? Yes, exactly. And I couldn't say like, sorry, I was an insane girl. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. But I feel, I, they're sort of like owning it now. Yeah. Like they'll perform together. Yeah. There was some event recently in West Hollywood where I think it was Joey, Nick, uh, Carter, AJ and Lance, uh -huh. the what, four of them performed together. Was it someone's birthday, I think? It was some charity event. Oh, okay, cool. And they performed on a rooftop <gasps> somewhere. And they were like, they were all over TikTok, like posting like their rehearsal process. Oh, okay. Because Joey and Lance were teaching AJ and Nick bye, bye, bye. Oh, my God. And I was like, this is this is everything. I got to go look Right that. now. Yeah, I look, I appreciate Backstreet Boys. What's wild is I was looking at these stats the other day. There's some video I got mm -hmm. fed on Facebook of like who are the top selling artists at like this quarter of this year yeah. from like 1973 up till 2020. And it's a time lapse thing where you keep seeing these artists come oh. in and then they go away. Yeah. And and like you'll have Michael Jackson's like way in the lead and then Madonna comes along. Yeah. NSYNC never cracked the list. Wow. BSB got up to like I think number like five okay. at one point in time, but never in the top 10. That's crazy. I oh. thought so too because when when no strings attached came out massive it was like they had shut down times square yeah so big and i felt like it was like the fastest album to ever sell a million copies yeah i mean i bought probably five of them <laughs> i mean i had my copy was purchased for me but uh <laughs> and nowadays people don't have to buy albums yeah. anymore but yes in sync for sure i think they had they had the voices they had the performance the performance i think do you ever like do this debate in your head and maybe this is a problem i have but like think of like the boy bands and who was like who was the best vocal group oh because i have a very i still think in sync was amazing vocally like okay i was gonna say 98 degrees oh you're right they were very like acapella yeah, yeah like they, they did have a very really nice and then the only thing problem i did had with 98 degrees was i couldn't like dance to it it was there always was Ooh, like no a <laughs> Give me just one night. A Come bit, on. But it was always a little bit like smoother. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like in sync, they had all the dance moves. They had everything. Was, yeah. 
they had the ballads, they had the up tempo. Yeah. I think NSYNC were the best dancers. Definitely. For sure. I give 98 Degrees like best vocals. BSB just, they had the staying power. They did. There was just something yeah. about them where like they were the first ones of that generation yeah. to really do it. And they just kept coming. Like even when NSYNC was like dominating, BSB was still there. Yeah. And like they were still doing a great job. And I they're still, still doing yeah. it to this day. Yeah. We need I still sing reunion. everybody. Our, I still, yeah. Rock your body right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we need an NSYNC reunion. The fact that we haven't had one yet is really. I really thought that um, Justin was going to like cave. Like within the last year, I was like, I yeah. think he's going to cave and it's going to happen. But They need to do it soon while they can still move. Thank you. Because like right? I'm in my 40s now <laughs> and I know that I can't dance bye 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 the same way anymore. And I'm going to guess. They maybe can't. They might need a little heads up. They need a little, yeah. little, little, little rehearsal yeah. time. <laughs> anyway, well, that is our that's our icebreaker yeah. uh, for today. Um, so I want to go back to like the beginning. You know, you shared that you were you know involved in the YMCA. Was there like a moment in childhood where you knew that like radio entertaining is what I want to do? Yeah. Um, I was in second grade. I've told this story before, but I was in second grade and um, Kiss FM Street Team yeah. came to our school. Oh, wow. Job fair, you know, uh, in the like recess and lunch area. They posted up a van and gave us all like stickers and stuff. And we got, they got, they were like, do you want to ask any questions? And I was like, is Rick D's in there? And they were like, <laughs> I swear they were probably like this idiot. Um, but I knew Rick D's. I knew radio. We listened to it every day in the car. I was so excited when Kiss FM, you know, got there. And I was like, I want to do, I, I don't know where in my head I thought like, oh, I want to do that. Yeah. But I always knew that I loved radio hmm. a lot. And then um, growing up in the day of MTV VJs and I was like, oh, that, you know, it'd be really cool to be like Carson Daly. But then also there was like Oprah and Ricky Lake. So, Lake, so there were these women, you know, hosting TV shows. And so it was just kind of all encompassing, I guess, of like, you can be in entertainment, but not be an actor or be a musician because I can't sing and I don't think I can act. <laughs> and I tried it. I don't even didn't even try it once. I think I was like maybe a video for a friend and I was like, I'm horrible at this. So <laughs> but I loved entertainment, loved movies, loved um, radio, music, all of it. So it was my way of getting to be close to it, but mm. doing something else. Right. And then um, I didn't know I didn't really care to do or like pursue anything else. So when I got out of high school or when, when I was getting ready to get out of high school, um, my dad had told me that uh, I had said that I really liked radio. And he said, well, you know, Cal State Northridge has a really great radio program. You can major in that. Hmm. It's close by. You can live at home. You don't have to take out loans. Right. So it all kind of worked out. And um, I had a guidance counselor tell me, I, they said, I want you to write down all the things you want to do in your life, in your career. And I had like written, I was like, I want to own a restaurant and I want to design purses and I would love to write for a magazine and I want to do this. And they're like, all right, this is amazing. Can you focus on one thing first? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, focus on one thing and then expand from there. And yeah. I said, okay. And I really thought, and I was like, what, what's the one thing I really, really, really love? And I was like, I'm going to try radio. So mm. I just majored in radio at uh, CSUN needed a job and then that's when i started working at starbucks like the summer before i went into college oh, okay yeah now were your parents it sounds like they were super supportive of yeah. what you wanted to do and and how helpful was that for you as a kid because some people they tell their parents i want to pursue a job in entertainment they're like 
well, maybe let's have a backup plan. Yeah. Let's go get an accounting degree and then we'll figure out the radio thing. How, what was that process like with, with your folks and your, your close circle, you know, as you were pursuing your dream early Every, days? I never encountered anyone that was like, no, don't do it. My older sister wanted to be an actress or like a, she, she's an actress, um, but that, you know, through time she never got like a big break or anything she got like a you know like a tv spot like one character here or a commercial here right. um but she wanted to pursue acting for a very long time and so i think me kind of wanting to do radio was like well she wants to do acting and she this is you know this is our kids yeah so the, everyone was really supportive there were there were right before i went into college one person was like why are you getting the radio you're not gonna have a career in 10 years mm. and i was like oh because everyone thought radio was dying right. at that time. Okay. And um, I was like, ah, I'm just kind of going to stick with it. We're going to see what happens. So I just stuck with it. And um, yeah, it was really nice because my dad was a teacher for 20 years. He was a union worker. Like he helped the teachers union after that. And so even them coming from a career that's very stable and he's going to have a pension and stuff, they were like, go ahead and try. It's fine. Like as long as you're trying yeah. and you're a good kid, like we can't, we don't want to stop you. That's amazing. Was do you have a favorite childhood memory? Of just of in being life, a kid, yeah, like that you just remember is like a cherished memory from childhood. Because I feel like a lot of times those cherished memories like inform where we go and who we become and the parents and, and humans. I, a lot of my favorite memories do come from summer camp, and I think that's why I did it okay. for so long and wanted to continue to volunteer. And um, every summer, even though I was working in radio, I was like, hey, guys, got to go away for a week. I'm going to go to summer camp. And everyone's like, what? what? <laughs> that's weird. Okay. So a lot of my, my favorite memories do come from there. Um, we did a lot of road trips as kids, too. Wait, well, my dad did a road trip with us every year for like six years in a row. And we like drove to Florida and we drove to Vancouver. Oh, wow. And I think those... That time helped um, me love music even more because mm. there wasn't much to do. We, were, we didn't have little iPads to watch things. Right. We were just listening to music and reading the lyrics in the pamphlet. Right. Um, and so it made me appreciate lyrics and different artists and re listening to an entire album. Mm. Um, just kind of, I guess, those ones. Yeah. I mean, there's random things here and there. Like one year for Christmas, I got an Adidas jumpsuit. And at that time, it was really popular. And I got <laughs> very excited. <laughs> yeah, I always wanted an Adidas jumpsuit, but like, I don't know, for some reason I never got one. I remember I went to like Ross one time when I was a teenager mm -hmm. and got a pair of Adidas pants, but they didn't have like a jacket to oh. match. So I just got the pants. I went through this weird phase where I wanted to dress like a break dancer. Yeah, all of us did. But I wasn't a break, a break Like I had like FUBU <laughs> shoes. And do you remember like people would wear, I don't know if you ever did this, maybe it was just a guy thing, but like you would get like crew socks, mm -hmm. but then you would pull them down and then you would fold the oh, long yeah. part over. Because they didn't make short socks. Yeah, but yeah. then you'd put like, but it was to help keep your shoe full so you didn't have to tie your yes. shoes. Do you remember that? A friend of mine used to do that. What in the world were we thinking? I don't <laughs> Did you ever cut your jeans? Do you remember like cutting little like V's or like little no, slits I didn't. to help the cuffs fit over your shoes? No, but I do remember there was a time when I felt, it was like the first time I felt old when I saw teenagers putting rubber bands around their jeans at the bottom to taper them. Oh, because yeah. to, like skinny jeans weren't a thing just yet. Like they weren't actually making right. them. And I remember being like, that's stupid. Why aren't you wearing boot cut? Because <laughs> <laughs> it was so all funny. about boot cut jeans. Did you ever uh, like cuff your pants and use a paper clip or staple them? Did you ever I think that? I stapled for sure. Yeah. yeah. I used paper clips because I thought I don't want to damage <laughs> My jeans, just in case I don't want those holes yeah. in there someday. The silly things that we did when, when we were younger. So you knew that you wanted to pursue this career in entertainment. What was the moment where you realized, oh, I can do this? 
like I am fully capable of this and this can become not just a dream, but my career. This is what I'm going to do with my life. Yeah. Um, so going back to Manny, Manny uh, on the streets, um, he referred me, someone asked him, Hey, do you know any females in radio that you can recommend for this position? We're looking for a female co-host. And I don't know if he recommended other females, but I was one of them. And he hit me up. He's like, Hey, I just sent your name. They're asking about this. And so if they hit you up and they want your, you know, your um, air check, send it to them, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I know nothing about really the gig, but Hey, it's a gig. And I was like, Oh, okay, sure. I ended up landing the job and what the job was, was a nationally syndicated uh, countdown show Mm. in Australia. Um, And it was the female counterpart and it was going to be, it was weekly and they were going to pay me really well. And I didn't have to leave because we recorded in Los Angeles. Wow. And I think maybe a year into that, I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. This is uh, like... I'm learning, like, because that was my real time to, like, learn how to take a breath, mm. how to read a script, how to in, you know, even do little interviews, how to tee up something that you're going to play audio right after. And um, it was such a great learning experience. And so I think, yeah, after a year of getting comfortable, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I can, I can do this. That's can amazing. Do this. Isn't that incredible when, like, somebody just believes in you? Yeah. And, like, because sometimes, like, you know that you have this dream and this thing you want to do with your life. But sometimes there's that voice in your head that's like, well, can you do it? Mm-hmm. Or yeah, you got to do that one thing, but you'll never do that yeah. ever again. And then someone like a Manny or whoever, you know, your mentor is or this person who has the faith in you calls you up and says, hey, I put your name in this for this thing and I just believe in you. Yeah. It's it's incredible. I think we all have that person of those people in our lives. And I would encourage anyone listening who has that person to reach out to them and, yeah. and let them know what their faith in you has meant to you because yeah. it's just like you said yes and approached that person at Starbucks. Manny said yes when he heard that somebody yeah. was listening and put your name in. I just think life is so beautiful, like all these little it like is. checkpoint sort of like I call them like treasure box moments, like on oh, your, your path of yeah. life where you're like you're going in the right direction. You're going in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, and that sounds like one for you. Um so you are, you know, one of the the co-hosts on one of the biggest morning shows, not just in Los Angeles, but I mean, Big Boy is, yeah, he's created a crazy, amazing brand of radio. Like, he is a radio legend. He is. Yeah, like, he's been in movies. Like, people who aren't in L.A., you know, I know your show is syndicated Mm -hmm. in your markets, you know, all over the place. So people may know of Big Boy. But, like, I remember when Big Boy was, like, at the the height, height, like, back in, was it, early 2000s. Like, Mm -hmm. he was in uh, that movie with Rob Schneider. Uh, Deuce Bigelow. Deuce Bigelow. Yeah. So like Big Boy's been around. So oh, like yeah. if you want to know who Big Boy is, because you maybe don't have him in your market, go and look up Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo mm-hmm. with Rob Schneider yeah. and you'll see a little <laughs> bit of Big Boy in there. But he is, I mean, he is arguably the most iconic radio personality in Southern California. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. By far. Like if you were to ask people the name like an on-air DJ, I, I would bet nine times out of 10 people are going to say, one of the big w- boy yeah definitely yeah. you know like you ha- obviously Seacrest you know has yeah. his following and Rick Dees was big for mm-hmm. a long time and you had um oh who were the guys on K-Rock uh, um Kevin and Bean Kevin and Bean like those were the names but like big boy you know much like we were talking about like Backstreet Boys like yeah. big boy staying power is incredible when you got the call to go be a part of this show that I'm sure like you said growing up in here in LA you yeah. heard big boy in the morning like what was that experience like 
Well, okay, so this is going to be a little bit of the long version. Okay. So when I was 17, I um, was a cheerleader in, co- in high school, and one of the football players knew someone, actually Jeff Garcia, at Power. And was and Jeff Garcia, I believe at the time, was one of the producers, or he was working on Big Boy's show. They would do a segment where they would invite local high schools to come down, and it was um, during football season, and it was like, okay, these two high schools, they're rivals. We're going to have one on one day and one on the next day, and it's, you know, it's a great way to be very local and you know have the kids. Yeah. So... My friend was like, uh, hey, they want to bring some cheerleaders uh, down. I thought you and so-and-so and so-and-so can come down with me and a couple of the football players. We have to get up really early, though. And we were like, yeah, let's do it. Cool. So we get you know, get our uniforms on. We wake up very early. We go down. To, at the time, it was Power 106, which is – it's still Power 106, but Big Boy was at Power 106 right. at the time. So um, we got to go down, and each of us got to request a song. We got to see the show being done. And at that time, it was Big Boy, Luscious Liz, Fuzzy, and uh, Jeff Garcia was helping out. And so when I went to go uh, request my song, which was – oh, I can't, can't remember the name of it, but it was the Busta Rhymes and Janet Jackson song. Um, <laughs> he was like, you sound great. He's like, you have a great voice. And I was like – Oh, thanks. And everyone knew I wanted to be in radio or be right. like MTV VJ. And I was like, oh, thanks so much. That's so cool. And he's like, you should take Liz's job. And, I, and she was like, yeah, girl, take it. It's great. Blah, blah, blah. And so I was just like, oh, my gosh, someone said they like my voice. This is so cool. Because as a lot of people in radio or hosting, sometimes we find that our voice is annoying or maybe we like right. I, it used to be called smoker voice when I was in high school because of my raspiness like people would make fun oh, of it interesting and so I was like oh big boy liked my voice and went back to school and people were like we heard you guys and big boy said he liked your voice oh, and I was like yeah so I held on to that for a really really long time and then I get um I was working for hot 92.3 which was an iHeart station and we come in one day and they said we're flipping the station mm. and they bring me in for um, a quick meeting. I had no idea what was going on. They had to unfortunately let go of a lot of people that worked for that station. But the conversation that I was very lucky to have was, we love you, Natalia, and you do a lot of things here, um, you know, because I still worked for Kiss at the same time. Oh, okay. Um, they're like, um, we love you. We just don't know what to do with you right now, but you're not losing your job. So hmm. just... We'll Were see you what's on going. Air on, on I was I was games? I was on okay. a morning show uh, okay. for uh, so I did a year with Rick Dees and then I did a year and a half, almost two years with a guy named Jimmy Reyes. Was this this would have been after Diana Steele had yeah. her morning show with like Rico and yes, all those yeah, people? Yeah, okay. this was after. Um, and so I went back to just producing for a little bit, and it was almost like a week, like only a week of the station flipping. And at that point, they. Um, I don't think they had said maybe Big Boy was coming over. I wasn't really sure, but they were only the station was only playing music. And then I get a call and they're like, hey, my name is Jason Ryan and I'm the producer of Big Boy's Neighborhood. I want to talk to you. So-and-so sent me your name. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. I was like, I don't know what he wants to talk to me about. Right. I didn't realize it was an interview and I was just like, yeah, okay. So I do this and yeah, I guess that. And he was like, ask me my, you know, what do you got going on? What do you do? What do you like? Blah, blah, blah. Then from there, um, he asked me to send an air check, send an air check. And then from there I I went in, they did audition other girls and then they just kind of was like, well, come back tomorrow. Hey, can you come back tomorrow again? And then they were like, do you want the job? And I was like, I like, I never, I never thought that I would be qualified for that position at all. I was completely like, you guys picked the wrong person. You mm. don't know. I can't do this. I don't know what's happening. But I was like, but I need a job because <laughs> I still have a job. But I 
I'd been doing, you know, on air things and I was doing overnights at Hot 92. And so that was done because the station flipped. And I was right. like, I want, I, you know, and to work with big boys. So it was scary at first, but um, but that was how I came to be with big boy. And then. Okay. Go figure eight years later. That's incredible. <laughs> and so how many years was it between when you met Big Boy at your school so until was, you were working with him? So that was probably 2001 okay. when I met him. And then we started doing the show in 2015. Wow. And and then I told him, I think it was like- I was like, going to say, did you tell him I story? did. Yeah, yeah. I think it was maybe a week or two working together. It's something came up and I said, well, I met you when I was in high school. And he was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. you know. And I tell him the story and- um, so that was like, it was really cool because it was like a full, almost a first full circle moment. So how incredible this circle, this journey that you have been on. Like, I just love all these touch points of kid in high school who's like, maybe I want to do that with my life. And the radio station comes and you meet the person that you're going to work with all these years later and, you know, getting a job at Starbucks that you didn't know about. And an employee comes in and you say, hey, I'd like to work there. It's just, it's wild to me. It feels like the universe has been like conspiring for you to do this. Yes. And you want to hear the crazier part? hundred percent. And this almost has nothing to do with radio, but it has to do with what you're saying with all these like moments of just like, this was fate. So year, uh, not years, uh, before I started on Big Boy, I was like really telling the universe, like, I want to fall in love and I want to be with someone who like chooses me. I'm done with all these like boys who don't choose me. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm going to go on like match.com. Okay. Cause I just like was done trying to do it the regular way and go on match, go on these horrible dates. Finally, uh, this one guy messaged me. I was like, okay, he's kind of cute. We message back and forth. There's some good banter, but we can never like, it took us a month to actually go on the date. Oh, really? And within that month, I was going on awful dates because I was doing the like, I'm giving this the good college try. I'm going yeah. on the bad dates. I'm getting stood up. I'm <laughs> meeting guys who are weird, like all of it. So finally I was like, okay, this is the last date I'm going on. And I was like, I'm so done with match now, but I told this guy I'd go on the date. So I'm going to go. The night before I have the awful date, so his date, I uh, didn't even re-shower. I wore like just whatever outfit. Yeah, and I was Adidas like- Adidas jumpsuit. Yeah, yeah, I was just like, yeah, the Adidas <laughs> jumpsuit with the socks. Um, and so I go and it turns out to be this amazing date, right? Four hours of talking, which wow. he probably will be like, yeah, I was really tired, but you wouldn't <laughs> stop talking. And so we start dating and we have like a really, really great uh, relationship. And so a year into us dating, we've been together for a year now, we're sitting there. Uh, and oh no, it was only like six months, only six months, because now the station just flipped and I'm showing him photos of how they redid the studio because now I'm on Big Boy's Neighborhood and look at how amazing the studio looks. Right. And he goes, oh yeah, I remember what that studio used to look like. Yeah, when I was working at Star 98.7, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Whoa. He goes, yeah, I remember, I, he's like, did I never tell you? He's like, yeah, I was an intern and worked over at Star. And I was like, no, you didn't. What? And I was like, when? And he goes, in 2004, the summer of 2004, I said, I started at Clear Channel, which Star 98.7 and Kiss were sister stations right. owned by the same company at the same, in the same building. I said, I started spring 04. So you're telling me we were in the building at the same time? I was like, you're lying. You're joking. You're like, you what? and he goes, he goes, no, um, Alf Ferrero hired Alf Ferrero. me. And I said, Al Ferreira hired me. Whoa. We were in the building at the same time, but it took us 10 years to actually meet That's me. And he is so now my husband. Wild. 
That's wild. Yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, Alf hired me yeah. as well as Alf and uh, Tony. To Alf and Tony. Oh, and then Tony. And Kevin Secchi. And Kevin Secchi, yeah. yeah. And then what's, what's even crazier at one point, when we first, like, it was like our fourth date, uh, he was like, what are you doing tonight? And I was like, I'm going to this Halloween party. And he goes, I was like, do you want to go? And he goes, is this Manny's Halloween party? <laughs> and I was like, how do you know about Manny's Halloween party? And it right. just so happened that Manny's friend was friends with my husband, Matt. And so I, but I still never knew that he worked at the radio station. It was right. just, I was like, oh, wow, that's a, that's crazy. You know, I know someone that you know. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, so like, just oh, another moment of wild. like, and now he's my husband and we have a kid together. It's like <laughs> everything in the world wanted you to be in that building. Yeah. From like a career standpoint, from a love standpoint. And now, and now you're a mom. And now I'm a mom. As a result. And you're a dad. I am a dad. Wow. <laughs> to think too. I do. What was I thinking? Uh, no, it's, it's incredible. It's a huge adjustment. As you know, it's wild to think that like you and I met when like children was probably the furthest thing from our mind. And now here we are still doing what we love. Yeah. But with kids, what has that adjustment been like for you becoming a first time mom? It's been, listen, there are way harder things that people are dealing with. So I'm very lucky where it's not like, oh my gosh, I had to give up my career or something. It was this, what it's, but it has been a transition because I don't have the typical schedule. Mm -hmm. I leave before my son wakes up. I don't get to see him in the morning unless it's yeah. a weekend or I have the day off. Um, and I had, you know, by the time, right by the time he goes to bed, I'm like, all right, I got to go to bed. So there's right. no, like, there's very little time to be with my husband to just like hang out and watch a TV show together. We don't get that downtime because I'm like knocked out because of the hours of the show. Um, I don't get to do as many um extra events on the side so sometimes we're lucky enough to you know cover a red carpet or go to a movie screening or go to this concert because hey we don't have a sitter or you know i'm tired right. or something exactly. you know right? you're doing all the things yeah, yeah. or but but at the, but the flip side is is i did a lot of those things already and there will always be another concert or there will always be like another thing i won't get this moment with my son and i want these moments with him i want to I and mean, he's only going to be this little for so long right so um so it's been an adjustment in the sense of like yeah i can't just get up and go and you know but any parent says that i 100%. can't you know so but i think work wise you i've have felt a little like I've had to say no to a few things mm. or like an extra gig. But again, the flip side is I have my son and he's amazing and he's fun. <laughs> How would you say that like motherhood has changed you the most? I realize I can carry a lot of things in my hand at one time. <laughs> like, I think, like, think the other day I had like a Buzz Lightyear in my mouth and like his lunch bag and his this and this and I can still like carry him or something. Um, I think it's made me... Um, I would like to think that it has made me sweeter or calmer. Um, I always felt like I had a lot of patience and yeah. I think it just kind of proved it like, oh yeah, you have okay. a lot of patience, but it also proved that like, you don't know everything and there's so yeah. much to learn. Um, and then it just reminds you to be present. A hundred percent. Yeah. I would say becoming a parent slowed me down mm -hmm. a lot. It, it made me realize how precious the currency of time yeah. is. You know, we were talking earlier about like night in, night out. You know, it's like you realize once you have a kid that if you choose, and I do think it's important to still have friend time and course, to have your yeah. own identity, but like getting invited to go hang out with your buddies or whatever on a Friday or Saturday night means that maybe I'm not getting to put my kid to sleep. Yeah. Like you start trading 
things in life and and you don't get that time yeah. back and so it makes you appreciate life a lot more for me it, i feel like it's made me so much more hyper aware of everybody's feelings yeah like i've always considered myself to be very empathetic mm-hmm. but ever since i became a parent it's like my empathy like meter or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it it's just like it's so swung oh, towards yeah. one side because i feel you because children have like so many emotions mm-hmm. oh my gosh big ones and once you see all those emotions that can happen like that it makes you realize how many different emotions every human yeah. has that maybe you were oblivious yeah to because you were so wrapped up um in yourself and i think that's one of been one of the other big things for me is that like life up until you have a kid is like all about you mm-hmm. your parents are doing everything for you yeah. you're doing everything for your dreams and then your kid comes and now it's like, well, I want them to have the best Christmas. Yeah. I want them to have the best Disney experience. Yeah. I want them to be happy. And it's like a total mind trip. It is. Because everything you've always identified with now like, is like taking a back seat mm-hmm. to making sure that this human yeah. is happy. Parents can endure the craziness for the comfortability for their child. Like the crazy things that parents go through to make sure that their kid is good. Oh it's there. It's other people like I hate I don't want to be the person that's like oh wait till you have kids then you'll really know but it's true when you have a child because you can love your niece you can love your nephew there's there is just something about when you're an actual parent in any way form that is but when you're a parent and you're in charge of this little thing oh and then they smile at you and you're like okay whatever you want it's (laughs) you know it's funny you're going back to the ymca i don't know if you've experienced this but like when i worked you know at the y as a counselor or a director i didn't have a problem saying to no no to these kids ever i was like i'm sorry you're upset like just deal with it (laughs) like you're not my kid like go home you know but now that they are Mm -hmm. my kids do you find because how old is yours he's two he's two so do you find like saying no feels totally different so hard now because yeah. you see this immediate like my world is crumbling yeah. in front you know in front of me situation you're like i need to stick to my guns yeah i gotta stick to my guns i think the other night my husband the, the baby his big thing right now is asking for cookie he's like mm. okie 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 and i'm like oh. no we have to have dinner like you can't have it and then my husband handed him a cookie and Ooh. i was like what are you doing? I just said no. You're like, don't hand him the cookie. And then I kid you not, my husband walked away, and my son John Matthew just kept asking and asking, and I was like, here's the cookie. Okay, <laughs> and like okay, I gave in. Like, well, I don't want to be the bad person now. <laughs> I, know. I know it, and it's such an interesting thing. You know, for anyone who's listening who's a parent out there, you know that, you know, you're going through this transition mm-hmm. yourself, but then the your partner is going through a transition, yeah, and you as a couple. Are going through a transition and you're watching the other person go through it's like there's so many layers it is yeah to how it changes your entire dynamic mm-hmm. as a human so really shout out to all the parents out there yes. who are you know finding time for themselves showing up for their kids it is it is no no joke Mm-mm. um so let's say we live in a world where like marty mcfly and uh, doc brown really mm-hmm. exist and you have a time machine if you could go back in time to talk to 18 year old Natalia what would you say to her I would say I would grab her by the face (laughs) and I'd be like it's gonna be okay like everything's gonna work out I was actually thinking about this the other day um I feel like there were a lot of mistakes 
or I feel like I could have done it better. Like when we were all on the street team, mm. I feel like the generation that is coming up underneath me is they're so lucky because it's like, don't wait for the opportunity. Make your opportunity. Everyone's right. building. Everyone's creating their own stuff. And everyone's encouraged to create their own stuff, right? Right. I don't feel like we had that when we... It, it was, was like, almost discouraged. Oh, completely. Like if you went and talked... I remember like if you went and like talked to like a producer and yeah. was like, hey, if you need someone to record these commercial spots, because spoiler alert, there's a lot of like radio commercials that the people saying those words are not getting paid yeah. for. A lot of times it's the producer who's just reading it yeah. themselves. And I remember I walked down to one of the producers and was like, hey, if you ever just need someone to read like commercial mm -hmm. spots for you, I'd be happy to do it. And then like somebody like pulled me aside. I was like, hey, you got to be careful. People don't like when street team people are yeah. going in saying they want to read spots. And I was like, but he was going to read them anyway. Hey, like, I don't understand. Not? And like, I want to learn. I want to be better. Um, but yeah, yeah, like we we lived in a time where it was very fraternal. Yes. You know, where it was like, this is, we are this club, mm -hmm. we are the on-air personalities, and you are the street team yes. people. Yes, know your place. Know your place, mm -hmm. exactly. Put in your, you know, serve your time, which I, uh, like, totally grateful for agree. that. Yeah. But also, like, you could encourage people yeah. as well. And yeah. So anyway, go, go back to what you are saying. Well, yeah, there was, you know, there we were, we weren't encouraged to create our own things, and we were, and I also felt like there was always this air of... There's only there can only be one female Natalia. There can mm. we could you know there was a time when they were auditioning for a girl to join a one air on air aspect and all these girls were auditioning and we all had to do these live auditions and it got so catty mm. in those few weeks that I was just like this is nuts. Yeah. And what's crazy now is I've actually had a couple conversations with some of those girls now and I was like we were so crazy like like I like I want to be like. Go back, Natalia, and like go make friends with everyone. No mm. one is your enemy. Right. Go create with them. Don't be threatened by them because your time will come and what is for you is for you and what is for them is for them. Yeah. And you will, if, as long as you work hard and as long as you are kind, good things are going to happen. And you don't, these people aren't your competitors. They're your creators with you. 100%. I wish I could like, oh, I wish. I wish I could have been like, and been more open to like really get to know everyone. Cause I feel like I got, did, but like, I feel like I could have done it even more. Cause I was also yeah. shy too. Yeah. I, I feel you on that because I can remember feeling like, well, this, I want to do this. Cause I worked at the radio station. I'll never forget the first time they let me put a mic in my hand. Mm -hmm. It was, it is, it was at an NERD album release party oh my God, how at cool. Tower Records <gasps> on Sunset. And like Jojo was there yeah. and he was like one of the big jocks here in Southern California. And, and they were like, Hey, you know, get on the mic, talk to this crowd of people. And, and I, again, another embarrassing moment. I wasn't a big NERD mm -hmm. fan at that time. So I was like, where's all my nerd fans? And <laughs> nobody made any noise like whatsoever. And somebody, was, I think it was Jojo was like, it's NERD. Yeah. I was like, ha ha, gotcha. NERD. Like, and, but I just, I never forget. I'll never forget that electric feeling that I had mm -hmm. where I was like, I want to do this. Yeah. And so I wanted, all I wanted was just like one person there to be sort of like supportive Yeah. and encourage me. Unfortunately, like I met that person that was Rico. Yeah. You know, Rico was just became a good friend. And mm -hmm. I had, I would drive Rico around cause he was like third mic guy yeah. on the morning show with Ryan. And like, I would have to get up at like, you know, four o'clock oh and I wanted gosh, to go yeah. drive him out to some city mm -hmm. so he could call in and but he always was just like hey dude like you you've got a great personality like 
your time will come. Yeah. Like just how you're saying, and he's you know, it's been a huge supporter of everything I've done. So I'll just in, encourage anyone who's listening out there, no matter what you do, if there are young people who are like excited to learn, they're not they they're probably going to take your job someday. Yeah. But it's not today. Yes. And I guarantee when they take your job, they're going to be a lot nicer to you mm-hmm. if you encourage them. Yeah. And I firmly believe that like a rising tide raises yes. all ships. And like you said, what's for you is for you and what's them for them is for them. And and I do like that there is this encouragement now of like, make your content. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's the difference between our generation is that there weren't as many outlets for there us weren't. back then. Yeah. So there was the fear that like, oh, this young hungry person's coming up that like, they are actually pretty talented, mm-hmm. but I got kids. Yeah. When you're 20, 21, you have your blinders on. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about the four jocks who were the main on air guys and that they had a wife and kids mm-hmm. that they wanted to take care of. And someone like me who's eager and hungry, yeah. that kind of has that look and that vibe that might take their job. Mm-hmm. They're not just thinking about them. Yeah. They're thinking about their family, you know? So like now in hindsight, I get it. So I, I think it's important to remind young people that it's, don't take it personally. Yeah. As well as there's so much more. So much more. Going on. Yeah. Um, and that leads me to this next question is like, is there advice that you would give to people who have like a big dream in their life? Like what what's some just guidance? Yeah. So for a long time, um, I ha- for every answer, I always have like a vexer. Uh, for it. a long time. It's the radio. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Uh, for a long time, I was too afraid to tell anyone at the radio station that I wanted to be on air mm. or even let anyone listen to an air check. And sometimes I was too scared to even go into a room to record something. Yeah. I was just really like, I was like, someone's going to eventually tell me you suck. You don't sound good. You're never going to make it in this business. Cause yes. those are the stories you hear. Right. Yep. So I was for a long time. I was really, really shy. And at the time I was just producing for, um, the afternoon jock at kiss FM, who at that time was boy toy, Jesse, or now Jesse Lozano. Yes. And answering his phones. Okay. Kiss FM, you know, what do you want to hear? Okay. He, you won this prize and Oh, Hey, here's, you know, and doing anything and everything he needed. And I loved it. Cause I feel like I could also be a really good secretary. (laughs) So I did enjoy it. And I was also producing the community affairs program that aired on the station, editing that, booking guests, um, and doing whatever anyone really needed. Um, But I never said, I want to be on air. I Mm. want you to try and, you know, do what it is that Jesse gets to do or Sissini or, you know, Ellen Kay. And uh, Julie Pilot at the time, who is phenomenal. She's just a Badass. She was the program director there she at the was, time, right? Um, no, she was the music director, oh, music under, director. John oh, Ivey. under John Ivey. Oh, under John That's right. Okay. But then she left and went and cre- helped launch Beats. Oh, right. Um, and then Beats got bought by Apple. Then she worked over at Apple. And if you watch the um, Defiant Ones, um, which uh, you can't watch on HBO, which is so annoying, but <laughs> you can see her in the room with Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine because she was a creator of that. It's just, wow. she's so amazing. So she pulls me in and she says, hey, We got this editor position with Ryan Seacrest, full-time benefits, you know, bigger pay. I think you'd be great. She's like, I think you should do it. And I said, no. Mm. And she was like, huh? And I was like, well, here's the deal. And I was like, I'm going to be really honest. I was like, if I take that job, I'm going to spend the next two years dedicating everything I can to being the best editor and just focusing, focusing, focusing. I said, it will stop me from trying, at least just trying to get on air because that's what I really want to do. Yeah. And I have to at least try. And she said, all right, but 
you're going to have to leave. Like, if you want to be on air, like, you're going to yeah. have to leave L.A. You're going to have to go to a smaller market. Like, that's just the way it is. And that she was like, you know, like, she was just being very honest, yeah, you know, that and that's very, the truth. Like, a is, lot of people. I, that's, I remember someone saying that to me yeah. as well. They're like, you're great, but you're not going to break in here. Yeah, you got to leave. And I said, I fully acknowledge that. And I was like, and I appreciate it so much that you thought of me. And, but you know, I just got to try. And she's like, good. I'm glad, like, I'm glad, like, you know, and if there's any way that I can help or, you know, and so that was that conversation. Um, and then from there, I did talk to a couple of other people of wanting to be on air, blah, blah, blah. And then that's when I got, uh, I think probably, probably two years after that conversation, maybe a year, year and a half right. is when Manny referred me to the Australian job that I did. And I did that for three years. And that's where I really got to hone my craft. Right. Um, so my advice with that long story is tell people what you want to do yes. because no one will know what you want to do until you tell them. 100%. And my yeah, my mindset was I'm going to work really hard, I'm going to be the best producer ever and they're going to notice and someone's going to give me a chance. No, they're they're going to keep referring me to the jobs that I'm doing. Exactly. So be, you know, be open, be honest. It's a fine line sometimes too, being a little pushy, <laughs> but let people know what it is you want to do and ask Whoever it is in a position, if you're able to get, you know, comfortable enough with them to have a conversation, if someone has the job that you want, ask them, what did they do? How did they do it? How can I help you? What can I learn from you? Because people want to teach, but then also ask them their struggles too. What's the hard part about your yeah. job? Because that's the reality of it. And maybe you're not willing to do the hard part of their job. hundred so. percent. Yeah, I, I think you're totally right. And I think just it's just as important for you to say it to them, for them to know what you want to do. But I think there's something empowering for you personally about hearing yourself, like put your stake in the ground and declare, no, this is what I want to do. Because we all have those ideas that are running around in our head all the time. And there's something about voicing it mm -hmm. and hearing your voice project to the world this is what I want yes. to do. It, it It's making a decision. Yeah. You know, it's standing up at Starbucks and saying to that person from Kiss FM, I want to work at that radio mm -hmm. station and talking to Big Boy and all these sorts of things. Like those are stake in the ground moments yeah. where you're just like, you're empowering yourself. Yeah. So I think it's, it's great advice to anyone, no matter what your dream is. Yeah. To state it yeah. out loud and to make the world know. Because I, look, I know that, you know, some people don't believe in like the universe and all this woo woo or whatever they want to sort of call it. But like, I think there's energy out mm -hmm. in the world. And when you make that energy aware or you push that energy out, it responds. I always say, don't confuse the universe. Yeah. If your actions don't match your words, the universe is not going to know what to send you. And the two times in my life when I really, like you said, you put your foot down and you say, no, this is what I want. Yeah. The universe goes, okay, you recognize it. Now I hear you because that message is clear and they will, the universe, it will take time, but the universe will send you what it is that you want. And mm -hmm. mine was a job. I finally got one. And then the second time I did it was when I was like, I'm done with all these losers. I want a man like this. And my actions are going to speak it because I'm going to stick to my guns. And then boom, got my husband. And here you are. <laughs> and me even like sitting here is a perfect example uh, of that is that I had this intention like going into this year of like. I want to do what I love. You know, I've been fortunate for 14 years to produce really great TV shows mm -hmm. that so many people know, but like, I don't want to do that mm -hmm. anymore. I don't want to tell the stories that some executive sitting in some office thinks are the most entertaining stories mm -hmm. in the world. I'm tired of trying to convince them that the stories I want to tell are interesting. And so I said, I'm just, 
I'm just going to start telling those stories. That's what I want to do. And you're here because of that. And all these other incredible people that we're getting to chat with on the show are here because I made that statement. And like with my book series, I said, I want to, I want to so read at more schools this year. Like, and I come next week, I will have read to over 6,000 students like wow. in less than a year. That's amazing. And I, and it really comes from, I believe, just stating like, this is what I want. So for those of you out there who have big dreams, small dreams, whatever it is, is like own it and mm-hmm. state it. And I firm, we firmly believe yeah. that, that the universe will... Will respond. I mean, um, you have to put the work in too. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can't yeah. just like you know the secret write a yeah. million dollars on a one dollar yeah. bill and like it's going to be in your <laughs> bank account. Like it's important to have a vision, but you yeah. also need to have the dedication. Like from the time you started at Kiss FM and promotions to where you're at now, like that's almost my goodness. What is that? Sixteen years? No, we're on March seventeenth. It will be nineteen years that 19? I've been with Clear Channel or wow. Clear Channel slash iHeart. See, it's patience. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Long like, game. <laughs> like I said, when I first had a mic in my hand at Kiss, I said, I want to host my own shows. Like, I just saw myself doing that. And really, this show is the yeah. first time, like, I've ever just had, like, this is just me sitting down talking with people I like. And so just know that, like, when you put that message out to the universe, yeah. it may take a little bit of time. But trust us, like, when it comes, it's going to be so much bigger and so much more beautiful yeah. than you could ever imagine. Natalia, this has been... That's so so much fun i know i'm so glad that we got to reconnect i'm grateful to you for coming on the show and i just i love watching your star continue I love watching to rise everybody's star and what they yeah. like you said like there's so many people that we grew up with yeah and that are doing so many amazing things and just getting to see everything you've done with your books and oh. as a father and doing your love and your passion it's really inspiring oh thank you so much we are we are hugging Yay! from across the room <laughs> anyway thank you so much everyone for listening to the greatest stories never told natalia if people want to follow you on social media, where can they do that? Oh, it sucks because none of my social media matches. Uh, but <laughs> for the most part, Instagram, hey, Natalia. Like, hey, Natalia. Hey, Natalia. Yeah, hey, Natalia. That's super easy. Look her up on IG. Give her a follow. And you can follow us uh, as well at Greatest Stories Never Told on Instagram. You can follow me at Danny Jordan on Instagram. This has been a blast. Until next time, Natalia, smooches <laughs> and all the things. <laughs> I'm still smiling. I was smiling at the beginning. I'm smiling even bigger now. A huge thank you to my friend, my longtime friend, Natalia Perez, for hanging out with me on The Greatest Stories Never Told. This show is bringing me so much joy, and we are only three episodes in. I'm reconnecting with old friends, meeting new friends, and getting to share their very, very cool stories with you all. So thank you for being along for the journey. If you are not doing so already, please make sure to subscribe to the show, rate, and review. You can also connect with us on social media at NeverToldPod. And if you want to hang out with me on social media you can do so i am at danny jordan on instagram anyway thank you so so much for joining us for yet another installment of the greatest stories never told i'm having a blast i hope you are as well can't wait to talk with you all again real soon